All right. After a month of hiatus, uh, we are back. This is the sports div- edition. Estimated November 23 with mm-hmm. me, Shayi, and my other host, JC. So sorry for the sorry for the wait like Slim Fast. You know, um, so Georgia had a lot of natural disasters. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's my tagline. But uh, Georgia had a lot of natural disasters that uh, unfortunately affected both of us. So we weren't able to to do the podcast together. But fortunately, we are back. We are back able to do it. And like literally a lot of things change. We even have a whole new president right now. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff has changed. But um, I got to tell you, man, it feels so good feels so good to be back yes yes it does like like i really miss doing this like the the thing we usually have for these podcasts is we do not have a script at all we we'll 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 talk about like what we'll talk about the topics we're going to talk about before the show but we don't like have things written down it's just a full-on debate and yeah i love that like i really like to do that yeah, it. Um, I I really don't have that many people, um, you know, at work or anything like that that I'm able to kind of like shoot the shit and talk sports to and actually like kind of get into a heated discussion. Um, you know whether you know KG is better than Tim Duncan, and you know there's stuff uh, there's certain arguments that I miss, and uh, you know I gotta say, you know, it, it feels good to kind of butt heads about sports every now and then, and it feels good to have somebody to kind of shoot the shit with about this stuff. So it's, yeah, I missed it, man. Yes, yes, me too. And we're already going to get into something very controversial because it's always controversial when you're talking about who are the best players in basketball, who are the best players in the NBA. So um, we watched a video. um, Shouts out to Thinking Basketball. You can follow Thinking Basketball on YouTube. Um, It's a very informational uh, basketball channel. Um, so they they have a video top ten NBA players of 2020, and it's not thinking basketball's opinion of top ten players of 2020. It is it is analytics reason of top 20 10 players of 2020, yes. and it goes like this. So the top ten players on 2020, I'm going to do it with health with health included. So health included is hold on. Let me let me let me pull on links because I know he had his version and he had the NBA's version. Mm. So okay. let me pull that up. I'm gonna do health included because I factor in I factor in um if you're available. Like when I do my list, I I also factor. I also factor in that if you are durable or not. So, like, when I do my uh, top player list, usually players like Joel Embiid will get knocked down because he's not as durable, even though he's been pretty durable recently. But, like, a player like Ben Simmons who has a back injury, you don't know how he's going to react to that when he comes back from that injury. Well, I mean, when he over a full season, you don't know how he's completely going to react to that. So he'll be knocked down a couple of pegs. But this is the top 10 yeah. player list for th- thinking basketball. Um, So number 10, uh, what were you about to say? Um, I was just going to say, um, I agree with the knocking down a peg. Uh, for me, I just like take certain players off like completely. Like, for example, like in my top 10 right now, like Katie and Steph aren't in it because they – they're, they haven't played 
and I don't know what they're going to be like when they come back. So I kind of just take those guys on completely. But I agree. Like people like um, Joel Embiid and uh, other people of his uh, stature who just can't stay healthy. Yeah, they definitely have to get knocked out. It's, it's simple math at that point. Can't play Joel Embiid 20, yeah. uh, 40 minutes a game. Exactly. Injury is me. Yeah, and exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned that, JC, because this top 10 playlist doesn't have Kevin Durant, obviously, coming off that Achilles injury. It doesn't have Stephen Curry because Stephen Curry didn't also didn't play enough games. So they're out of the list. So here is the top 10 list. Number 10 is Damian Lillard. Now, from the get-go, I think I agree. Damian Lillard deserves to be in the top 10 after the amazing season he's had carrying this Portland Trailblazers team. Even though defensively leaves a lot to be desired, offensively, probably, arguably the best shot creator in basketball, arguably, probably next to James Harden. Um, number nine is Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, I would probably have even higher than number nine. But you know what? I'm glad to see him getting his recognition as, as before the season. People didn't really think he was a franchise player. They didn't think he was the cornerstone. They probably thought he was like, Originally, the perception of Jay Butler, he was like the second best player on a championship team. Yeah, a lot so, of people wouldn't even, they didn't even have him in the top 15. I know a lot of people didn't even have him in the top 15. They had other guys like um, like uh, Devin Booker and Joel Embiid, ironically, and you know Carl Anthony Towns, the guys like that in the top 15. And uh, it's finally, he's getting his goddamn respect. It's about time. It's about time. Yeah. And speaking of Joel Embiid, he is number eight on this list. So Joel Embiid is number eight. Um, So thinking basketball, like mentioned his defensive, like his defensive capabilities and how that brings him to number eight. While even though offensively could be sometimes a black hole because, you know, post players are kind of dying down in today's NBA. And it's hard to have a player who plays essentially in the post for the most part, at least not essentially, but most effective in the post because he does step outside of three, but that's not what you want Joel Embiid doing. But yeah. towards the end of the games, you you need you need some you need a shot creator towards the end of the games. And Joel Embiid can't give you that. Yeah. Um he I it's funny that um, you know, especially a guy like me who values as somebody with the jump shot a lot. Um, it's funny, I don't know where we're going to be in the next couple of years when it comes to players like Joel Embiid, who can kind of take it outside, but not really, but he's kind of unstoppable in the low post and he just never goes there. So it's kind of, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years to see what teams start to do when they realize like, oh, you know what? A post play might not be the best shot, but if I have Joel Embiid on my team and he's going up against like a guy like Daniel Tice. You know, maybe we should uh, go to that guy in the post. But still, number eight is egregious considering the fact that he literally takes plays off and kind of doesn't care. I think a player in the top ten should give a fuck um, well, <laughs> about I f- basketball. I honestly feel like half of this, half of that of him not playing in the post is more Brett Brown. And it's more about how that team is constructed because – they don't really they can't really stretch the floor out with the that team. They have a lot of ball dominant players, have a lot of players who are used to being ISO guys, or at least with Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons is a, a player that definitely can't shoot. So it kinda hurts Joel and B to stay in the post. So sometimes he does have to 
go to the outside. So it's just the way that team is constructed. But number seven is Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic at number seven, looking who's ahead of him, I think I kind of agree. I kind of agree. Yeah, I have. Uh, I actually have Luca sixth on my board. Uh, I love Luca. I think he's terrific. I think in the next two years, we're probably looking at the best player in the league, in my opinion, more than likely. I could see that. I could see that. Definitely, um, my top twenty-five players, twenty-five or under. He's already. He's number two on my list. And number I factor two. in. I don't. I don't factor in just current ability. I factor in potential as well and just career outlook. Yeah, because number one is Giannis. Even without look, you think? Say it again. Even with like potential, he's Lucas still too. Giannis potential? Yes. You you see how you see how much Giannis improves from year to year. I mean, well, Luca too, but yeah, I mean, Gian- Giannis was most improved player and MVP. Um. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I mean, he's incredible. I'm not saying Giannis isn't incredible. Thing just- is. Luca made me question if I should have him number one, but Giannis to me, just with that athleticism, if his jump shot, even though his jump shot still leaves a lot to desire to be desired, it is improving. He has uh, he has as good as of work ethic as anybody in the league. He's number one for me, but Luca is definitely number two over Zion, which Zion was pretty high for me. But even factoring, even not factoring the injuries, I'll probably have Luca over Zion. Uh, yeah, I would, um, I don't know. It's kind of tough with Zion because Zion, you really, like, his peak could be where it is right now. Like, he could literally be Blake Griffin and just have a sensational rookie season and then it's just all downhill from there. Or, But the reason why Blake Griffin fell apart was because of the injury. So exactly. that's, 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 that's the thing. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So you don't really know with Zion. With Luka, to me, it's just like, even if he doesn't get, better defensively defensively he's still a guy you can throw on guys he's not like um this elite defender he's not even a good defender he's just like okay at it but offensively like i just i just don't i haven't seen any kid quite literally since lebron james come into the league and, and do what he does he's just he's just insane and um you can tell he's just not getting better and um i think i've talked about this before if he can just start nailing that jump shot to like 38%. He's going to be one of the most unstoppable players of all time. Like hands down. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's going to happen. I think right now, I think Luka falls in love with that step back three cuz it looks good. Yeah. But yeah, he only shoots like what? Like 31% doing that and the fact that he's always so contested. So he's capable of shooting 38%. He just probably got to take better shots. And I think that's what I want to see out of Luca coming out the following seasons. Yeah, I so think I think we will. I think I, I th- the thing I like about Luca too, is that he's, he's a gym rat girl. He's a gym rat guy. And that's start, something that I'm starting to notice, like even doing the drag board, which we'll talk about um, later. But um, Luca, he's just a gym rat guy. So he's going to get in the gym and he's just, all he's going to do is like take 500 threes every single time he gets in there and eventually that three point percentage is just gonna go up. He has he's he's too special for me. Six on my board. Seven on this one. I'd say yeah, six, seven, about the same. So the next person over him is another foreigner, um Nikola Jokic, number six. I do love Jokic. I feel like he is the best center in the NBA. I said this over Joel Embiid. I don't count Anthony Davis as a center because he doesn't play center on, on his offense. So he is the best center in the NBA. 
And number yeah. six, I say that's pretty fair as well. I mean, Denver Nuggets, just look at what happened to Denver Nuggets during the playoffs. I mean, yeah. Jamal Murray was great, but Jokic was every bit as good as well, if not better. Yeah, I agree. I have him eighth on my board, which is not to sneeze at uh, Nikola Jokic. I agree. He is the best center in the NBA. Um, oddly enough, uh, it kind of seems like he can get a little bit better, right? He can get a little bit better. It, is that just yeah. is that weird to say? Oh no, he can, he can get a little bit better. The jump shot, the jump shots improved a lot this year. Could get uh, could get even more better with that. Um, continue getting in better shape. And the thing about with his game is that his game can last a long time. His game yeah. is not reliant on athleticism at all. So he can play at this high level for another ten to twelve years. Yeah, I hope so. He uh, he showed me a little bit um, with the weight thing. He seemed just um a lot more athletic and it seems like he uh now i don't know if this is just because of the way his body was structured but he seemed like he wasn't getting as tired as often as he was um during the regular season it was quarantine he he lost yeah. a lot of weight during quarantine yeah he looked great um i i gotta say uh i i like Jokic. um hopefully he um he gets a little bit better and hopefully that denver nuggets team can um can figure it out for next season and try to make a deeper run I feel like they will. Their team is relatively young outside of Paul Millsap. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is only going to get better. Bull Bull is eventually going to get a role on the team. Um, yeah, they they definitely could they definitely could improve. I can see that. They probably need another four as Millsap is getting up there in age. I believe his contract is ran out, so probably could either resign Millsap or get another four. Because I don't think Michael Porter Jr. at least defensively is is he can't replace Millsap right now, so they need another four. Yeah, my guess is that they run Bobo at the four. That's my guess, just because he has four skills. I think it's too. I think it's too early. It's too early right now. They probably need to wait for that. Yeah, they probably. if they want to if they want to compete right now, they need another starting caliber four. Could yeah. be Christian Wood. Could be Christian Wood if they can if if they have Christian the money Wood to get. Not going to the, Christian Wood's not going to the Nuggets. That makes no sense. He's not going to the Nuggets. You don't think so? No, no. I think I really do think Christian Wood is going to sign a two-year deal on a team where he knows he can pad stats. That's my guess. I think he signs a really high, lucrative two-year deal in order to cash out in two years. That's my guess. That'd be the. Smart I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, because he's only. Yeah, I, I think that'll be a smart. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Yeah. Number five is James Harden. Now, James Harden is number five. Um, seeing who's ahead of him, I mean, honestly, with this list, there's not really much to argue because using metrics. So, seeing who's ahead of him, I guess that's fair. I probably would have switched Harden around a little bit more. I like Harden more than most people like Harden, so I probably would have switched him around, moved him a little, couple spots up. But number five, I say it's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I have him number five on my board as well. Um, you know, the, it, that's literally what it comes down to. When you get into, like, the top six, um, it kind of just turns into, it's like, this is not how good you are. It's just how much better everybody else is. But, uh, yeah, it, if Harden could have made it to the finals, who knows? He, who knows? He's probably, he's probably, like, four on my list, to be honest. Four or five, uh, four or three. Who knows? Uh, this coming season... This coming season, um, with uh, Steven Silas is going to be is going to be his defining season because he doesn't have Mike D'Antoni anymore. Mm-hmm. The offense is not going to be 
like complete uh, it's still gonna be built around him but it's not gonna be like literally everything will go through Harden and that we're gonna just form the team around Harden to the point where we're not even gonna have the center because we don't really do that many pick and rolls we just do isos and kick out so I've so this is gonna be his defining season to see how good of a player he is under a different coach and how much better can he make everybody else on his team yeah, I um, I don't know when it comes to James Harden. James Harden's an interesting, uh, an interesting case. But the one thing I will say is I'm very intrigued to see because I know you probably have seen the stories. I mean, what are the chances that James Harden actually ends up as a Philadelphia 76er? Like, what's the chances of that? Zero chance. You think zero, zero chance? chance. Negative ten percent chance, actually. Negative 10%. Uh, this is not going to happen. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, it's um, not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily know because James Harden is um, going on thirty-two. He's going to be thirty-two, thirty-one, something like that. Um, so he's coming up to the tail end of his prime. Like you said, the the team is just not – it's not looking good for next year, especially considering how loaded the West is every single year. And um, this weird offseason, this is going to be – He's 31. Yeah, he's 31. So – Just turned 31. So number four, number four is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, I should be able to pronounce that since I'm Nigerian, but it is Giannis. Yeah, say it again. Antetokounmpo. Yeah, Antetokounmpo. Yeah, of yeah, course, of course. So it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo, whatever. But it's Giannis. So Giannis is number four, and it could catch some some people by surprise since this guy is a two time MVP. But I say. The series against Miami kind of proved that Giannis, I hate to use this word because he's still a very, very great player, but maybe a little overhyped. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a that's a tough one because on one hand, right, um, overhyped is kind of aggressive, right, because he's a two-time MVP he is a defensive player of the year. He he was legitimately the best player of the regular season, hands down, no question. But on the other side, you know, this is back-to-back years where he underperformed in the playoffs, and it was his fault. But on the other hand, um, you know, Chris Middleton is his second-best guy, and you look around the league, and Chris Middleton is not the second-best guy on, like, five different NBA teams. So, you know, you look at it from that standpoint, and they traded Malcolm Brogdon. So, from one yep. hand, you're just like, the Milwaukee Bucks are incompetent. On the other hand, it's just like, well, Giannis is kind of unplayable in certain situations because not only can he not shoot, he's just not that great of a Well, I feel like either. Chris Milton is much better than given credit for. I think he can be a oh, second yes. guy on a championship winning team. I think he can be a second best guy. It's just, I felt like Giannis, the, his, just his inability to not shoot made the Miami uh, Miami Heat just they developed a game plan strictly for Giannis to it was to the point where the Bucks were worse with Giannis on the floor because every time Giannis was on the floor the Mi- Miami Heat took advantage of it why because they had a one one of the very few players in the NBA that can actually defend Giannis in Bam Adebayo and they were just 
they were they were just banking on they were just clogging up the paint so Giannis couldn't really do much and Chris Middleton to me he's shown he can be a second guy when Giannis went out hurt Chris Middleton took over that team and Bucks got their got their only win only win with Chris Middleton leading. I feel like Chris Middleton is a good second player. It's just that Giannis needs to seriously develop a jump shot or else the Bucks are not going to get to the finals if he does not develop a jump shot. I don't even think he needs a jump shot necessarily. I just think he just needs to a mid-range jump shot, not even a three-point, a mid-range jump shot. Yeah, I just, some, just, just something off the throws. dribble. I think free throws are his biggest problem. Both, both. Yeah, he needs a jump shot as well to keep yeah, because speaking of his defense throws, is like, honest. he's never going to run into a lot of, as many issues as he's running into um, in the playoffs. But it's just like, you know, when you're barreling down in the playoffs, you're not getting a lot of those calls that you're getting during the regular season. And then when you do get on the line, finally, you got to hit those free throws. You can't shoot 56% from the free throw line and expect to get it done. I'm sorry. Like, and I agree with Giannis. You can't call it. He can't be the MVP of the, of the league anymore until, until he... Um, at least makes the NBA Finals. At least. And then, Wait, he said that himself? I hope he said that himself because I agree with that too. He can't be that. Yo, because you said I agree with Giannis. So, like, you may seem like he said it himself. So, that's what I thought. Like, okay. Well, he seemed like a player that would say that because, like, he he's, he's, not even, he's not even a player in his family with the championship right now. <laughs> it is young Kostas with the championship. Awesome. He's the hero of Greece. He's the hero of Greece, not Giannis. Oh, wow, that's so aggressive. You, you know, didn't you see? Didn't you see when Costas came came to Greece? They were welcoming welcoming him as he as he as the hero of Greece from bringing a championship back to the country. They weren't welcoming Giannis. Giannis was actually welcoming his brother. That is funny. That is funny. <laughs> is that true? Because <laughs> that's all here. You didn't see the video? Yeah, for real. Like, like they were the country of Greece when he got on the plane down the back down to Greece. They were welcoming him back because he had the championship, and and Giannis Giannis was filming it. So Giannis was filming the video and everything. Happy for his brother, which is great. Which is great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. But um, uh, fourth on the list, I kind of agree with it. I kind of agree. Uh, with everything that's going on, you gotta you gotta go out there and get it done. And for Giannis, two years in a row, two years in a row, and now he's in a contract year. So I think he'll be fine, though. Especially now that he's in a contract year, he's gonna have to like overperform. I feel like, you know, yeah, he's get yeah. I mean, yeah. Regardless, he's gonna get him gonna get a max anyways. But number three is Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi Leonard at number three, of course, he was part of that um, embarrassing Clippers uh, debacle where Clippers lost from 3-1 to the Denver Nuggets, and he is the best player on that team. So, um, JC, you're a big fan of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I am too, but would you have Kawhi Leonard number three? No. No. Um, Here... Here's the case. Here's 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 two things. One, um, obviously, as you know, even as a Spurs fan, who <laughs> even as a Spurs fan, for um, all of the the shit that Kawhi has gone uh, has caused me to go through, I, I just don't understand how you can have him have him free and not as the second best player. And 
I understand the whole Clippers debacle. I understand they don't have a lot of leadership, and a lot of people are pointing to Kawhi, but it's like leadership has never really been Kawhi's game. Um, you know, Kawhi's game has literally been Kawhi's game. You know what I mean? And after coming off of a season of averaging career highs and points, um, I think rebounds and assists too. I think he averaged like five assists a game, which is yeah, definitely assist. Yeah, it, he averaged a career high like five assists a game. Which is unheard of for Kawhi since he only passes like two times a game before that. Um, and, you know, he's debatably the greatest wing defender of all time. I don't think so. I think um, I would probably still put guys like um, Scottie Pippen and Iguodala ahead of him. Um, but still, like, to be in that company is pretty ridiculous. And he has probably one of the most unstoppable mid range games in the entire NBA behind DeRozan. Uh, like he's a walking bucket and you know um, I know this is going to be a very weird thing to say but I don't know if you remember the all-star game this uh, this past was it this season or the season before um, no we had the all-star game didn't we we had the all-star game we did have an all-star game yeah, yeah. we um, did have an all-star game it was a competitive one you remember Kawhi was like like scoring a majority of this team's points in the fourth quarter like he was going off yeah but I don't use all-star games as part of my the analysis. Only, the only reason why I bring that up is because usually all-star games at the end of the games, usually the best players have the ball in their hands. Usually. That's how it goes. When the games are close and they actually start to care a little bit, they're going to go to their best guys. And the fact that they were going to Kawhi Leonard just let me know. It's like, all right, everybody on this team realizes that Kawhi Leonard is a walking bucket. And, um, you know, he's a two-time champion. I'm guessing Anthony Davis is two. I'm guessing. I know. <laughs> Anthony Davis yes. is two. Um, Anthony Davis is two. So LeBron James is one. So, I mean, I know a lot of people would probably say, if you're building a team, who would you rather win? A lot of people would probably take Anthony Davis. I might too. But if I'm starting a team, and that's solely due to the fact that Kawhi is 29. But, um, yeah, I, I can't put him two. I can't. You know, uh, defensively, you can argue – but in the last minutes of a game, if I need a bucket, I would go to Kawhi. So you don't remember that game winner he had against Miami Heat? Who? Um, AD? Anthony Davis from no, three. I'm saying, like, AD is a cheat code. AD is a cheat code. But it's just all of the all of my instincts in my body just say, I, I would not take Anthony Davis over Kawhi. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. And I understand. I would take I would take Anthony Davis over Kawhi. I would. So what you have is a seven footer, yes, six eleven, six ten, whatever, but a seven footer who is switchable on almost pretty much every position on defense. So no matter what, he is not a liability on defense. He could guard perimeter. He could guard interior. He could guard interior at an elite level. He is one of the fastest players in the NBA even being that size which is which is yeah he's a freak of nature he has point guard like ball handling skills he has guard like shooting skills he has big man like post skills he what can't he do what can't he do and yeah you I know you're going to make the point about Anthony Davis and him taking over in some games, it doesn't look like he's taking over, but the finals was all I need to know. That, yeah, um, Wade D Wade made the case that 
AD is the best teammate LeBron has ever played with. And at first I looked at that, I was like, nah, D Wade, you're 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 disrespecting your own self. You are, but after yeah, after hey, looking he's the best teammate. After I mean, but after watching the finals, it had me question like, is AD really the best teammate LeBron has had so far? Because Le- AD was doing everything and he was the reason. I mean, of course, LeBron was still the best player on the floor. And he deserves an MVP, but Miami had no answers for him. Even when even when Bam Adebayo came back, Miami was still struggling containing Anthony Davis. He was doing everything offensively and defensively. And you know what? I would have him number two as well. I would have him number two. Yeah, I think it's kind of um, it's apples and oranges type of conversation where it's like um, you're talking about two of the best two-way players in the league, right? Um, you're talking about two players who are both now champions um, and two players who kind of needed somebody else to lean on in order to win a ring. In Kawhi's case, it was the Tim Duncan at the Spurs, and then obviously AD was the Lakers and LeBron. But um, I don't know. that that The Toronto championship adds a little bit more for me um, than most. I think that even though even though even though everybody was even though the Raptors were still one of the top teams even without Kawhi this season, Mm -hmm. to me that showed that Kawhi needed them just as much as he needed Tim Duncan. Yeah, but it's just first year, you know. You don't see that. You don't like. I don't think ever in NBA history a guy has gone to a team in the first year and won a championship as the best guy. I've never seen that before, and as. that that is just insane, and I really, I really truth, and I understand what you're gonna say. Like Toronto was a good team before he got there, and they were, um, they really were. Like they had a guy DeRozan, you know, who took them to the Eastern Conference uh, Championship. The, two times they were in four a good years. team when he was resting too. Yeah, he was, he was resting half the season that year, and they were still the top. Uh, they would, even if they didn't have Leonard that year, they still would have been the best team in the East, record wise. Well, yeah, they still would have been the best team East record wise. But that's what they were before that. They were always the best team in the East records wise, and they never got it done. And then Karai goes there one year, and I understand he got lucky. He got lucky. Also, Dwayne Casey was a coach, and now Nick Nurse is the coach. That's also the Nick Nurse effect as well. Yeah, true. True. I don't know. I just don't know if AD could go into a similar situation and be able to do that. I don't know because I will never see it. Um, that's part of it, but I don't know. I think that um, a lot of people are going to point to Kawhi collapsing in Game Seven. Uh, that's fair. I will also point out that Anthony Davis shrunk, uh, came up small in Game Four. I think it was of the Finals, um, where he had like um, he had a really bad game. Like he wasn't grabbing all those offensive rebounds that he was normally doing. Um, but yeah, I believe it was going against Kelly Olynyk, correct? Yeah, and it was at the time when people were saying like, "Hey, uh, you know, Anthony Davis." has a legit, uh, you know, legit chance of being the finals MVP. He never would have got it because it's LeBron, but, you know, he had a legit case for it um, in the first two games, and then he just, you know, kind of just fell apart uh, for what, and it was only one game because uh, he's a superstar. He's not going to do it for the whole series. But, um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you pick and choose. Who do you want? I want Kawhi. You want Anthony Davis. I don't think anybody's wrong, personally. Yeah, um, 
and also with this list factors, we did say it uses advanced metrics. So it factors in offensive metrics, defensive metrics, um, the ability to create your own shot. But it also factors in is your playability next year, next one of a superstar, which is why Harden is probably lower than what you expect. Number five, why Giannis is number four and not higher and why AD is number two, because AD rates high on the ability to play with another superstar, which of course we know with LeBron James. So with if if you factor factor that in, like, you know, I, I agree. Look, Anthony Davis, I think, is probably like the perfect superstar to play with, because one, he's a big man. So he's not gonna take too many shots from a guy in the perimeter. And just what he does defensively as well, what he does as a spot up shooter with that height is and just with LeBron, with the, I think LeBron is like, that is the perfect, maybe that's what Wade was talking about because AD is the perfect person for LeBron. A big man who can shoot, who can defend the interior, who can switch multiple positions, who can who can create his own shot as well. That is as perfect as a superstar to pair with LeBron. Yeah, well, let's be clear about this. As you can um, possibly get. Well, let's be clear about this. Anthony Davis is the perfect teammate for anybody. <laughs> he's literally a freak of yeah. nature. So he's the best teammate for any single team in the NBA. Let's be clear about that. It's not just for LeBron James. He's a perfect teammate for any any player in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I agree. So that's, that's why he's number two. That's why he's number two. And then the King... Uh, number one. Also, I just want to point this out. Um, the uh, the whole compatibility with the superstar. I would really want to add curious of what Jimmy Butler's number is for that when he was playing with Minnesota and um, the Sixers. Just curious about that with the whole teammate uh, number thing. But anyway, yeah, LeBron James number one. <laughs> I think I think uh, in this video, if I remember, they didn't m- make the point how. Like critics didn't believe he was able to play with other stars because of his ego, perceived ego. But I think his compatibility with other superstars is what gets him on the list as well. Even though he didn't really have another superstar on his team, but just compatibility, just to, to make every team so much better when he's on there. And then when he leaves, the team gets a lot worse. Yeah, true. Like he brought the Timberwolves to the playoffs for the first time since KG, I believe. Then uh, Sixers became a dumpster fire after he left. Yep. Um, it just shows like the media perception. Like they could paint a picture of a player they don't like, and that was Jimmy Butler until yeah, he, he proved, like, you know what, I'm not the cancer. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hilarious, right? Because you know he leaves Chicago, and look at Chicago now. Like they're just in shambles. But granted, that's more just how bad Chicago is as a front office. And then same thing with Minnesota. Minnesota is the exact same thing. And then, um, yeah, then now the Sixers, he leaves that, and then he goes to the Heat. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it wasn't his fault. It's just everybody's not competitive anymore. That's kind of the problem. <laughs> Can't win with uh, a soft a soft center who only th- shoots threes. Sorry, Cat. Sorry. Anyway. Well, uh, speaking of centers, I do want to talk about the NBA draft. And mainly when I want to talk about the NBA draft and centers is how do you feel about James Wiseman? Um, James Wiseman. Okay, so here's the thing about James Wiseman, right? 
Um, on one hand, he clearly has talent, right? He has um, he has the basic two thousands big man game, which I like, but he also has some inside outside game. Uh, he shows me that he can hit contested shots. Granted, because fifty percent of the shots that he shoots is contested. Um, but on the flip side of that, he just looks like a guy who can be uh, like a really bad version of, of JaVale McGee. Like, that's what his floor is to me. It's just a JaVale McGee on the Wizards. That's all I see with him. But um, on the flip side of that, I see, like, if he goes to the Warriors and he starts working on that outside jumper and he starts just doing the things that the Warriors need him to do, which is basically to be uh, Jordan Bell or, um, what's his name? Uh, that's uh, not worth a number two pick for me. No, it's not. But if he can develop into the guy that we think that he can be, which is... Pretty game breaking, if I'm being honest with you. Like, cause he, cause he's got legit defensive skills. He's got a long wingspan. He's athletic. If he can get an outside jumper and actually improve his free throw numbers on top of that, like he can legitimately, like I see his ceiling being somewhere between a guy who could score like 24 points a game, grab you 11 boards, and block two and a half shots while shooting 35% from three. That's scary. And if the Warriors can get that, I mean, I like that pick a lot. But on the flip side of that, if he turns out to be Javale McGee, I mean, that's just kind of the risk that you're taking. Granted, that's every single pick in this draft. Every single pick in this draft is just like, oh yeah, I, if I choose Anthony Edwards, yeah, I could be getting a throw with but more than likely, I'm going to get Ben McLemore. It's 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 not every single pick in this draft. It's just all the top picks in this draft. All the top picks in this draft have a high floor and a low ceiling. Yeah, there's a At least the top three. So uh, Lamella Ball, like, the, there's a lot high of floor, like. low ceiling. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, no, I was just trying to say, like, I'm not saying that I don't like them, but they just have. It's just that you they could they could really bust. They could be a bust. They could be a serious bust, or they could be a serious star. It's just like there. I yeah. feel like outside of some players, like I I know you're negative on them, but Isaac Okoro, at least you know he's going to be a defender. Some whoa, players you don't know if they could be a starter. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That are top first, top players. First of all, first of all, Tyrese Halbert, and you know at least he could be a role player. Yeah, first of all, two things. One, Isaac Okoro is sixth on my board, sir. So hold off on Isaac. Well, Okoro you were you were pretty negative on him. I, I just I just <laughs> had to shoot. make sure you were. <laughs> he can't shoot. That's the only thing that I'm negative about Isaac Okoro. I like that he is. He looks like a big, strong, athletic wing guy who can defend in the NBA for years to come, but he can't shoot. That was that was my only thing. You know what he reminds me of? Even though this player can't shoot, but you know what he reminds me of? Lugenis Dort. Lugenis Dort. Same body type. Same bigger thing, yeah. than Lugenis Dort as a taller than Lugenis Dort, but Lugenis Dort developed a three-point shot. And that three-point shot was money in the playoffs, so... Look, I, if he could, if he could get that three point shot, if he could ever develop it, I could see Lugenis Stewart, and Lugenis Stewart was valuable for the OKC Thunder. He was valuable, despite yeah, him was, being what undrafted. He he was he was valuable for for OKC. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, kind of what I see from him a little bit. And I was gonna sound weird, but um, he reminds me a little bit of Gerald Wallace. Just a really athletic guy. Oh, I, I can see that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Shout out to Gerald, Gerald Wallace. I, I, I miss that guy a little bit. Um, 
he was he was great. I loved him when he when he played for the he played for the shitty Bobcats, didn't he? Was he on that really bad Bobcats yep. team? And he was just like yes, he was. Was Well, they were good for they were good for one year with him with him and Steven Jackson. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, he he's not a great shooter. Not really great uh, off the dribble either. Um, to be honest with you. Um, and that's really it with him. Like, I know for a fact... He's, he's a transition be, guy. Yeah. But the thing is, I know he's going to be a good defender. Um, and I know he'll be in the year, the league for 10 years. That's the thing with... Okor. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. at least with him compared to other players, you know that at least. It's just more to say about other guys. Like, look, Anthony Edwards, he's going to be in the league for a long time. You just don't know whether he's going to be a superstar or he's going to be a six-man. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty uh, – but I will say for a lot of these guys, like like um, LaMelo is a prime example. Um, LaMelo, I can see a version of LaMelo Ball being by far the best player in this draft. He turns into an Me all, too. He turns into an all-NBA guy, and he turns into like a first ballot Hall of Famer. I can see that. I'm higher on him than you are, by the way. And you're yeah, so me too. Uh, you're going to be shocked where Lamelo is on my board, by the way. Um, or already, or you, you, you already mentioned this in a couple of episodes ago. I already know you're not high on him. He keeps falling on my board. He keeps falling. I don't, I don't like the things that I see. But he could, he could be um, this all NBA guy. But I can also see a version of Lamelo Ball getting picked fourth overall to Chicago, and he's out of the league in three years. Like I could 100 percent see that. And that's the problem with a couple of these guys. Okongu is the same way for me. Um, oh, really? Okongu is the exact same. I thought you would like. I thought I thought you would like him. I am actually kind of high on Okongu, but for me, he is a huge risk. He has a lot of a lot of people are kind of just banking on him being Bam, and to me, I don't see a lot of. Bam. That's why I thought you would like him. Yeah, I I see some Bam. I see more like uh, McDice, but I think that he's. Probably like Taj Gibson, more than likely. Honestly, Taj Gibson being drafted in the top ten this draft is not that bad because I just, I'm not really high on a lot of guys being stars. So if you could draft starters, I mean Taj Gibson in his best was was a starter on on some decent teams. So if you could draft a starter, I yeah. think that's good. I think that's good in the top ten. Like uh, for example, Tyrese Halberton. Is he projected to be a star? No, he's projected to be a role player, probably a six man, but he's a top ten pick. Even um, Denny Avija, Denny Avija, he's projected to be what? Compare him to Joe he's Ingles. He's a top five pick, and he's and he's a top five pick. They said Joe Ingles. This is like middle ground. That's that's a top five pick. So no one, no one projected Denny Avija to be a star. I mean, he could be, but he's not Luca. No, he's not. But he's a top five pick. Not yet. Just because um, we at least know he could be – he's a serviceable NBA player at, at the very least. Yeah, this is the draft, in my opinion, where the uh, – you don't take a shot in the in, in, in the top five. You don't take a shot. Like, to me, LaMelo Ball should be not be a top five pick. You go with a guy who you know can play and you know it's going to be good in the league, and then you can take that shot. So later. although LaMelo Ball played against better competition than most of the people in that draft class, you would, you, you, you're you not sold on him? You say you don't know where, where how he's going to project, although he played against better competition? Here's the thing. Two, two things about that. One, um, the New Zealand basketball league that he was playing in, not that great. <laughs> 
Not that great. They're not even as good as the G League. That's number one. Uh, number two, uh, Denny Abadija played just, uh, he played better than Lonzo. And he played in a better league than Lonzo. And he's projected. Oh, yeah, I know he played. I said most. I didn't say all. I'm just saying, like, there's certain guys. Like, even, um, I don't know. But RJ Hampton. RJ Hampton. Oh, well, RJ Hampton is terrible. He's the best. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I used to love RJ Hampton too, just with the way that he was projecting with his um with his ball handling skills and his um his uh passing ability out of high school. I was just like, oh my god, this guy's a mega star. Six six point guard. I love him. And then yeah, just go went into the league and showers Alonzo or Lamelo, sorry. But uh yeah, there's a lot of guys in here who I, I I this is not the year where I care about what kind of competition you did. This is the kind of year where I'm like, all right, what's your free throw numbers? Um, can you shoot threes? So oh, you can shoot threes. Uh, and what do you need to work on? And is it possible for you to get it type of thing? Like, Le- all right, let's go back to LaMelo since we keep going back to him. Can LaMelo get a jump shot? That is the number one concern that me and probably I feel be just people. like Lonzo's projection. He just needs a shooting coach to change that, change that awkward form. And it's not just, the he'll form. get a jump shot. It's not just the form though. It's the shot selection. It's always been the Sasha election for Lamelo. That's always what it's been. It's been the Sasha election, and can he shoot? That's the number two things for him. And I am going to say the answer is no. The answer is no. I don't think he can shoot, and I don't think he can change those habits. That's the whole my whole thing with Lamelo. Now, could he go to the Spurs and change that? It depends what. Sure. Who knows? Exactly depends what team he goes to. I I don't think the Timberwolves are the answer for that. No, I don't think um, any of the teams. The Warriors could be the answer that. for that, but they don't need they don't need Lamelo. Well, that's the they thing. don't need like, Lamelo. Like the fact that any team that should probably get Lamelo um, don't need him, or yeah, they just don't need him. Period. And if you need Lamelo, Killian Hayes is right there, and he's a better. He's better. <laughs> he's just flat out better. That's that's my whole thing. And then you have Denny. I don't know about that, but dude. Killian Hayes is better than Lamelo. He's better than Lamelo. Like it's not close. It's not close. I'm telling you. He has a defense. He's low key a better passer, better fuel for the game. Step back jumper. Can actually shoot. Killian Hayes is better. Tell me, man. So, you know what? Yeah, I got you know I'm got I got this more poor on Killian Hayes, but I just feel like you are. Overselling Melo, you are overselling Lamelo, but um, I'm overselling. I do want to get, yeah, overselling, overselling yeah, Lamelo. Uh, underselling, you, you probably. I feel like he, I feel, I feel like he's a better passer than what you're giving. I, I think he's the best passer, at least from my, from my reports right now. I got to, do, I know I got to do more research, but I think he's the best passer in the draft. I think he's the best passer in the draft. I think from he, what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think he's Vision. top five. I actually think he's the top five passer in the, in the draft. He's just like his brother in terms of passing, just like Lonzo in terms of passing. Yeah, he's the worst passing. Player. And I think he's a better offensive player than Lonzo. Not the defensive player Lonzo is, but a better offensive player. Or at least projects to be a better offensive player. Which is not saying much because Lonzo is bad at offense. But he yeah. wasn't that bad this year. Um, uh, yes, he is. Uh, shooting. He wasn't, that, he wasn't even shooting. He actually had good shooting numbers. Before Threes, the but... No, like, efficiency he's... numbers. His efficiency numbers were good. 
uh, during the year. He was a good player. He was a good player during the year. Not gonna lie. I won't say he was a good player. He was no, I'm no. He was in the good yeah, player. He's on a starting about point. Me bullying Lamelo. You're you're bullying Lonzo right now. He was a good player. He was no, good. Lonzo was a good defensive player, but that's he was a good three point shooter. But that's about it. No, passing doing, of course is good, yeah. but I think he was a, a liability on offense overall. You can't tell me that he was a good three point shooter and was a good passer, and then he was a liability on offense. That's a contradiction. Because about that, like he can't create his own shot, really. Um, it's not he, what he's ever asked to do, though. He's never asked to do that. He's just not efficient anywhere else but three. And just at times in the bubble, he just did not look good to me. No, in the bubble, that's what I said. In the bubble, he was terrible. He was awful in the bubble. Nobody knows what happened. Yeah, and, and, and it's the consistency with Lonzo, and that's my problem is the consistency. But he was consistent You were supposed the to be so much better. He was consistent during the season. But there was reports with even the bubble that like Lonzo, the it seemed like like teammates believed that Lonzo just feel, looked like he did not want to be there. I don't know. I'm not selling my Lonzo stock. And that's, I won't do it. And I don't know, that's disappointing to me. But I'm higher on his little brother than I am on him. So I did want to get back to James Wiseman, and I'm not as high on James Wiseman as you are. First, he doesn't have as much of a sample size. Two, I'm just look. I'm not saying that James Wiseman, James Wiseman, James Wiseman is going to be a good player, but I relate drafting centers like running backs, like drafting running backs in the NFL. Yeah, if a running back can only give you rushing yards and and doesn't offer receiving or blocking, he should not be drafted in the top ten or even just. Like, he can go off for blocking, but if he doesn't give you a receiver out the backfield, he should not be drafted out the top 10. Why? Because running backs are a dime a dozen. You can find a running back in the later rounds, and it could be just as good or at least almost as good as the running back you drafted in the first round. I say the same thing with centers. Centers, if they don't give you an inside-out presence, then they should not be drafted in the top 10 because if they're only exclusively an inside player, you can only play them about three quarters in the NBA game. Fourth quarter on close games, you can't have them out on the floor, especially if they cannot shoot free throws and if they're inside the paint, they're just clogging the offense up. See Phoenix Suns and Sacramento Kings drafting Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Ayton. Of course, both players can step out to three occasionally, but they're not like Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis or even Nikola Jokic out from three. And speaking of Nikola Jokic, if they don't give you threes, if they can at least be an elite passer, then that can justify drafting him in the top 10. James Wiseman is none of that. James Wiseman can shoot threes, but like I said, he's not like Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis from three to warrant consistently uh, taking them. Okay. He scores inside, but... I just feel like you, what you need out of a center today's NBA is a defensive presence, uh, athletic defensive presence. But the thing with that is you you don't have to draft that in the top 10. If there are, if you draft the defensive presence in the top 10, they have to be a switchable defender, a la Bam Adebayo, that can switch between perimeter uh, perimeter players and and interior players, which means you don't have to take them out in certain lineups when they have small when the opposing team has small ball lineups. You don't take the big man out because they're switchable. If they're not switchable, they should not be drafted in the top ten. Uh, 
If they can't offer outside presence, they should not be drafted in the top 10. Why? Because you can find centers in the late first round and the early second round that can offer you similar value. See Jared Allen. See DeAndre Jordan. See Clint Capella. See, the fact that the Rockets traded Clint Capella because they didn't want to pay him that contract, although he was very productive for the Rockets, just is a perfect example. It's a perfect example. The fact that Pistons wanted to trade Andre Drummond because Andre Drummond is an interior guy, but he's also a kind of inefficient offensive guy. Was a high? He's he's not inefficient, but he's a high usage offensive guy that strictly sticks inside and doesn't offer you free throws. So it was no point in paying him that much money because he's that's not helping you to wins in today's NBA. I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I don't think it's correct when it comes to Wiseman. Um, I know he has a small sample size, um, and at that point, you're going to have to watch high school tape, which uh, is not reliable, obviously, because it's high school tape. But um, I think Wiseman is a much better defender than you give him credit for. Um, He showed some... Is he a switchable defender? Probably not really, because his lateral movement is. I'm not. The I'm not saying he's a bad defender. He's a good defender, but if he's not a switchable defender, I'm not drafting him in the top ten, or at least I'm not drafting him in the top three. If he, ha- I think he has potential potential to be a switchable defender. I don't think he'll be amazing at it, but I think he has potential at it. But for me, the offensive upside for Wiseman is just too big to pass up on, um, because if he turns out to be the offensive threat that he is. Um, big men with that skill are not at a premium. And you're right. You can find big men later on in the draft. It's been proven. Um, you don't need big men as much. And it's, but at the same time, it's kind of the same thing. Um, like I would actually say you shouldn't draft point guards rather than centers. I think the centers are more important than getting a point guard, like drafting a Lamelo or even a Killian Hayes, who's a point guard type. Makes no sense considering the fact that eighty percent of the league is completely fine with their starting point guards, right? Well, if we go back a couple of years, I think this is a perfect example: the draft where DeAndre Ayton was drafted number one, Marvin Bagley was drafted number two. Well, drafted number, well, yeah, draft number two, and then Luka Doncic was drafted after. Yeah, and Trey Young was drafted number five. So, if we look back in hindsight, who were the better picks? The guards, the guards, whatever you call Luka Doncic, you don't call him a point guard, you call him a two guard or whatever. He's still a point guard type player. And then Trey Young, Trey Young is one of the best point guards in the league right now. Say what you want about his defense, but he's still one of the best point guards in the league right now. So, so is are they better picks than Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Ayton? And it's not taken away from the talent Marvin of DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley. Sure, Marvin Bagley has dealt with his fair share of injuries, but just from production alone, just from what they offer, Doncic and Trey Young are better picks in today's NBA because Ayton is not going to – Ayton's stats. Ayton can be – Aiton's going to be a 20 a game, a consistent 20 a game scorer in the future. But yeah. that's not conducive for wins for the Phoenix Suns. Doncic is not. It's well, not going to be conducive. Yet. We don't know that yet because Aiton has legit three point range. Aiton is is legit two way. He's, le- he's a legit two way big. 
Um, not perimeter wise, but interior interior defensive wise, he, he's there. Um, but can you keep guys like him at the end of the game if other teams are playing small ball? Probably me, not. Well, let me ask you this: Is Aiden a top three pick in that draft? In this draft? No, in that draft. No, Aiden's the number one pick in this draft. I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, well, I'll say. I'll say. Yeah, he'll definitely be a top three pick at least in this draft. But like, yeah, number one probably. Yeah, but in, he's in a better prospect draft. than Weissman. But in his own draft, in his own draft, he was. He's the top three pick. He's the third pick in, the, in that. If you do a redraft, he's the third pick. You know what? This might be a hot take, but I'll. I'll I like Jaron Jackson Jr. over Aiden. Whoa, that is hilarious. <laughs> I like that Jaron Jackson hilarious. Jr. over Aiton. Injuries aside, because he has in, his injury problems as well, but sure does. not because of what he what he what he has produced so far. It's just because of the potential of him. Like this guy is extremely athletic. He can shoot threes better than Aiton and Bagley. He he's a forty percent three point shooter. Um, he's a shot blocker. He's an interior defender. He's switchable. He he yeah. has inside out presence. His, his he hasn't scratched the surfaces of his potential yet. But if he does, he is better than both Bagley and Aiden. And Aiden. But you want to know what's his biggest issue, and it's been his biggest issue since college. Durability. It's not even that. It's his rebounding. Yeah, that's yeah. His rebounding is a problem, but I feel like that's mostly a because. It's been a huge problem. I, I think that's mostly state. because he, it's because he's always on the outside, and he know he's. That's what. I was, that's yeah. That was about to say. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, and he. Is, but it's not that. It's not the fact that his ability to rebound just because the way he plays, which that can be that can be coached up, that can be adjusted. Man, so I'm not worried box. about that. Not the greatest box on our Steven, but still, um, he has the physical tools to be a great rebounder. So I would choose Jaron Jackson Jr. If it wasn't for the injury problems, I'll cho- choose Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, over Aiton and over Mar- Marvin Bagley. Uh, that's hilarious. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um, Just like you'll choose Killian Hayes over Lamella Ball. Like, look, I got my hot takes myself. So Yeah, but, I mean, we already know what they are. That's the thing. <laughs> like, we already know how Jaron Jackson plays in the NBA compared to – um, it's compared to Aiden, you know, killing. Yeah, Jackson and watching Jaron Jackson, yeah. watching Jaron Jackson playing the NBA has made has has made me decide this. Not not I'm not looking at the stats, just seeing just what he's capable of. And like, yeah, if he's still like 20 years old, right? Like, if you can hone that, he is one of the best big men in the NBA. If you can hone that, he has too he has too many skills. He just he just ha- it just has to bring it all together. That's just the thing. He just has to bring it all together. But he has too many like rare skills for someone his size that I would choose him over Aiden and Bagley if we were doing a redraft. I mean, I Depends what team I am, I'm in because if my job is on the line, then probably not because I don't want to take that chance. But if I could take that flyer, I would do that. Funny thing is, I was I think he was taken right exactly where he was supposed to be. I think he was taking fourth. It's exactly where he was gonna. No, it's exactly where he's supposed to be in a redraft. They got they got the pick right. They got it right. Grizzlies, you got it right. He's not better than eight. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't think he's better than eight, but that's just me. He's not a better player than eight in now, but just for potential. Yeah, I'll choose Jaron Jackson Jr. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, back to Wiseman real quick. Um, yeah, I think he's better defensively. Um, I think he has more potential offensively. I think the thing is, right, if if you're uh, like if you're Golden State, because Golden State is has a number two pick, more than likely if they don't trade out of it, which um, I, I'm pretty sure everybody in their right mind would say, uh, if you're in the top three, you should probably trade out of those picks. Uh, Definitely. If they could, uh, if they could trade out of it, I think that's more of the question. That's the question. That's that's the big question. Um, I think they can trade out of it. Um, somebody's gonna get screwed, though. That's the only thing about about the pick. Somebody's gonna get screwed. Um, but if you're um, if you're Golden State, I don't really think that there is a better fit um, potential wise than James Wiseman. James Wiseman is like the perfect guy to kind of plug into that system, and I don't don't even think he's I think he's the perfect guy not only to plug into the system, he's kind of the perfect guy to like potentially take over the system in the future if all of the things that we think that he could be could click because this is kind of the per- the perfect uh, melting pot um, for a young player to kind of um, you know figure out what type of guy he is, especially with the Wiseman's potential. Don't you think there's not a better place to go to than Golden State? Uh, for any of these picks, it's like Wiseman is the perfect guy to go to Gold State compared to everybody, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, he's perfect. But if I'm going to State, like we're just going back to training, if I'm going to State, I'm looking with, with my core that I have right now, I'm not looking for a young guy that I'm not sure where his projection is going to be, especially not in this draft because, as we mentioned, there's no – franchise cornerstone there's, there's no guy that projects as a sure franchise cornerstone in this draft there's no zion we mentioned there's not even an eight in this draft so i'm i would just want to trade that because look i'm trying to win a championship from going to state so if i can trade that number two pick for an established player I'll, I'll try to see if i can do that whichever way i can no i agree but i'm saying like if you couldn't if you couldn't trade out of that pick i mean eight is the pick I feel like I feel like Aiden's big. If you can't trade, like if there's some weird scenario where Gold State can't get a good uh, return for that number two pick, I feel like Aiden's the guy. Because I don't think that there's yeah, anybody. Yeah, I could draft. do that. Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody in this draft that can. That honestly, uh, Wiseman debatably has the highest. I think Lamelo has the highest potential. I think he has the highest ceiling in this draft because he's a wing guy. And the NBA is clearly moved towards wings that dominate. But I think Wiseman... Me Lamelo or Anthony Edwards? Lamelo has a highest ceiling. As much as I Okay, because you, call, you counted much, him as a wing guy. Even though he's 6'8", but I still list him as a guard. I mean, he's a guard. But my whole thing is, if you can switch onto a three, you're a wing. That's how I feel. If you can switch onto a three, you're a wing. And he's 6'8". He should be able to if he lifts a, a little bit and actually gave a fuck about defense, that's a whole different conversation. But LaMelo Ball, technically speaking, if he cared and he was a gym rat, he has the highest ceiling by far, in my opinion. So let me ask you this question. Let's say if Minnesota drafts Anthony Edwards, so number two, Golden State Warriors, they have the opportunity to get LaMelo Ball. Like We did make the case that LaMelo Ball um, probably won't be the best fit for Golden State, yeah. but he is not D'Angelo Russell. Because no. D'Angelo Russell is like 6'5", kind of skinny. I mean, LaMelo Ball is skinny too. But LaMelo Ball has, in terms of his body type, has more room to fill out in terms of weight. Let's say LaMelo Ball 
would probably fit a little bit better than what Steve Kerr and what the Warriors brass felt like D'Angelo Russell couldn't fit with and that they draft them. Can you see lineups that you have Lamella Ball essentially playing the wing with Klay Thompson and Stephen Curry? So on fast breaks, Lamella with the ball, passing it out to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson spotting up. You don't think like that scenario could work? Like even seeing if Lamella Ball fills out his body. I did read this article that if Lamella Ball could fill out his body, he could probably play small ball four in some lineups if he if he gains some weight. And I'm like, you know what? He can. If, if if he does gain, like, let's say, like, 15 pounds at least. Like, he's 190 right now. So, like, 15, 20 pounds. He could probably play a small ball four in some lineups. I could not think of a worse practice, a softer practice, than having LaMelo Ball and Andrew Wiggins at my practice. I do not want those two people in the same gym. I'm pretty Ever. sure if they draft Lamelo, they'll try to find some way to trade Andrew Wiggins. That's what that's who I, that's what I believe. I don't want that to be my legacy <laughs> to have those two people in the same jerseys at any point in time. Um, no, that that is terrible. Golden State is smarter than that. I feel like I feel like they are smarter than that to choose a guy like Lamelo. It's like yes, in theory. Like, like what if they do with the Angelo Russell thing? Like this draft them and then nobody, to trade them later. Nobody understood it when it happened. Nobody will understood it afterwards. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense before. You do not need a secondary ball handler to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You don't need a secondary ball handler. Just let, let Steph do what Steph does and leave it at that. And leave it at that. Do not get another ball handler because then. In the future, you're dealing with chemistry issues, and then also on top of that, you're dealing with, oh, yeah, that's right, LaBella Ball sucks. So just don't do it. Just take Wiseman. <laughs> just take Wiseman and leave it at that. Please don't so about the to watch that basketball. So Please let me ask you about another player you're not so high on. Okay. What if Minnesota takes LaBella Ball, and then there's Anthony oh, God, Edwards? Um. So... This guy's very muscular. I know he hasn't played. He played zero defense in Georgia. We all know that. But he looks like, if you just look at him, you would think he's a defender just because he's built like a football player. What if he actually decides to care and play defense? Um, Well, that's the thing, right? It's... um... It's not only that he doesn't care to play defense. He just seems lost when he plays, when he tries sometimes. Um, with Anthony Edwards. I mean, the talent is clearly there. I mean, athletically, I mean, he's probably the most athletic guy in the class. I'm trying to really think who's who's right there it's with him. It's him, it's, it's him and Isaac Okoro. It's him and Isaac Okoro, two most athletic guys. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, you know, there's that. He's actually really good at finishing to the rim. You know, he's, he's dynamic. He's fluid in transitions. Um, he actually has a really good handle. Um, it's just, can he be a good defender? Because that's the biggest problem with him going to Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't need another guy to go in there and start scoring. They need defense, um, more than anything. And, um, it's actually kind of funny because when I was looking at it, a coral actually makes a little bit more sense going to the Minnesota than Anthony Edwards from a fit. Oh, standpoint. clearly. It's just the fact that they're drafting number one where, yeah. Just the question, should you draft Isaac Okoro number one, where they will get criticized if that happens. So they probably wouldn't want to do that. I mean, if I'm them, I'm I mean, just, I'm he's just clearly the best fit. 
Yeah, I'm shopping the pick to, to like Chicago. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, hey, Chicago, I know you're drafting fourth. Um, listen, you can have the number one pick. Just give me number four and whoever the fuck you want who's decent. I could say I could say Chicago can – yeah, could I think Chicago could use the number one pick because they could draft yeah. Lamelo Ball. Yeah, because it's like this draft is perfect for a team like Chicago. It's full of wings. Chicago needs wings because they're kind of – I don't think they need Anthony Edwards. I mean, they, they definitely don't need Anthony Edwards. I would, I would, if I was them, I would actually take Anthony Edwards. They already got two similar players, Levine and Kobe White. They don't, they don't need – Kobe White's not the same as Anthony Edwards, uh, but – He's uh, not. He's not. But this two similar like Zach scoring Levine, guards. Zach Levine, yeah. But I would also try shopping Zach Levine about Chicago. To I feel honest. like they're already doing that. I feel like they're Probably. already doing that. Probably. I feel like everybody's getting shops because nobody's saying anything. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Like I haven't heard as many rumors as I normally do going into an off season. Usually, I feel like. Well, I heard a rumor of Warriors are. Are interested in Denny Avija, which I feel like is a smokescreen. Yeah, for I also, Chicago. I also, I heard a really strange one. I heard like, like, um, I think I heard like, uh, oh, they worked that? them out. By the way, oh, they did. Yeah, they yeah, worked them. They worked Denny Avija out in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm also hearing like everybody loves Anthony Edwards. And I'm like, I know that's not true because nobody like every single prospect is split. Why does everybody love Anthony Edwards all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? I don't know. You know, the thing with Anthony Edwards, like, we're talking about how lost he is on defense, but he played for University of Georgia. Not for football, but for basketball. University of Georgia. He wasn't tasked to play defense. They didn't care if he played defense. He was just there to pad his stats. So... I'm just looking at that body type, and it's the same thing I say with Jaron Jackson. It's just the potential. I mean, like, he looks lost on defense, but if he just gets the right coaches, they can coach him to be a good defender, and he has the physical profile to project as a good defender. Well, it's problem. not like he doesn't have the body type like Trey Young, where you just he just does not project as a defender at all because of his body type. He is built like a running back. Well, the thing is, is that, when Anthony Edwards got on to the floor, he actually like the defensive um, rating went down, like significantly when he got onto the floor compared to when he was off. So Georgia was actually a better defensive team when he wasn't playing. So that was kind of the thing about Anthony yeah. Edwards. But I'm like, saying it's probably because he just not, didn't care to play about the, he didn't care to play defense. It's, it's, same, it's a, it's a James matters. Harden thing. But that matters. James though. Harden is capable of playing defense. Yeah, but for Georgia, he probably just didn't care for Georgia. James Harden is capable of playing defense. He, just at least before the last couple of years, he just didn't care to play defense. I'm with you. I'm just saying, like it matters when you're a defensive when um, you know, your team gets worse defensively when you're on the court. That does matter, and that's my only that's my only issue with Anthony Edwards. That's been my issue with him since day one is the defense. Because offensively, I think he's fine. I don't think that he'll be great offensively. I think he could. Um, I just personally think I think he'll, he'll be better than R.J. Barrett in his rookie year. I think he'll be better than that. I don't he think was he'll a top pick. Offensively. I don't think he'll be better than R.J. Barrett. Even if he I mean, goes compared to Minnesota, I don't think he'll be good. His, his, his rookie year, I say rookie year R.J. Barrett, he'll be better than that, his rookie year. I don't think so. I don't see it. He's stronger and is a better shooter than R.J. Barrett. 
a he's much better shooter better, than RJ Barrett. He's not a better shooter than RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett can't shoot. Uh, he, he he developed a jump shot after like right before COVID hit, but RJ Barrett is can't can't really shoot like that, or at least before before that that the second half of the season. Um, RJ Barrett can definitely um he can definitely shoot. He can definitely shoot. Um, one day he's not that great now, but he will. He he can definitely shoot. Um, I don't know. Our, Andy Edwards is a better offensive player than RJ Barrett, and that was a top. That was a top ten wing. So he's a better offensive player than him. At you least you tell me if Probably, RJ Barrett was in this draft right now, you wouldn't take him number one. No, I was never high on RJ Barrett. I was never high on him. That is hilarious. I was never, I was never high on RJ Barrett at all because what I saw was. A uh, athletic, a uh, athletic wing that couldn't really shoot, that was kind of a ball hog, and that you saw a clear, a clearly better player right next to him in, in Zion, but he was not that efficient. I saw a gym rat who was a ball hog who cares about winning and losing, and who's going to work hard every single day to get better. Ben That's Simmons didn't care about winning or losing in LSU, but look what happened to him. I, sometimes I don't value that in college. Ben Simmons. What ben Simmons doesn't care about that. Yeah, of course he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, and look at him now. And look at him now. On one of the teams yeah, that has the outside highest of injuries. No, it seems that one of the teams that has the highest potentials in the league that just sucks every single season. And what does it always point out to? Oh, it's Brett Brown. Oh, it's this guy and this guy. Watch. This year, he has Doc Rivers. He has Daryl Morey as a GM. He has all these pieces around him. And they're still not going to make it to the Easter Con. And they're still not going to make it to the finals. Still. Another year. I'm I'm high. I still say, like, look, for what's for his back injury, ben, to me, Ben Simmons is the most valuable player on this team. Even more valuable than, than Joel Embiid. Defensively, he was up there, like, Almost among defensive player of the year numbers. His steals were high. Um he can offend the interior, he can defend the perimeter. Um he's a he has he's a six ten point guard that should not be playing point guard. He should be playing center on other teams. Look, Ben Simmons is a great player and a, and a good potential franchise player. And, but he did not care to put effort in in college in LSU. So sometimes I don't really value that too much. If, at least if you're playing for a team like LSU, Georgia, then like, yeah, like sometimes they don't care because they're just there to pad their stats. They don't, they didn't want to go to, to college. They didn't want to play college ball. They want to go straight to the NBA but because of the stupid rule that they have to play one year outside of high school. They had to play college ball. I'm with you. But the thing with Ben Simmons about him not caring a little bit. I think that kind of plays into why he won't shoot. I think that kind of plays in a little bit. I don't know why, but, you know, him just not really giving a shit about what anybody says. And then he gets to the NBA, and then we're all just like, okay, um, what's the one thing that you need to do? You need to start shooting. Even if it's not threes, just start shooting mid-range jumpers, 15-footers, and he just won't do it. And he just won't do it. And now I look at a guy like Anthony Edwards, another guy who just doesn't give a shit. I look at him and I'm like, okay, you're going to go into the NBA. You're a rookie year. You, you average 12, 12, 14 points a game on bad shooting. And what are you going to do? Not defend. And I just see it right here, right now. And it's the same thing that I see with a guy like Lamelo. It's the same thing that I see with Anthony Edwards. And uh, I'm trying to think of who's another guy that I can think of. Um, an 
uh, Obi Toppin. <laughs> Another guy who's just, but Obi Toppin, uh, granted for him, he's just not good defensively, and that's not his fault. He's just not good defensively. But um, yeah, I don't know. If I see it and I have a feeling about it, usually, I'm not saying that I'm always right, but usually if I have like a gut feeling about something and you're just not good at it and you won't do it, usually it comes true. And for me, it's Anthony Edwards not trying on the defensive end. And Ben Simmons won't ever shoot a three-point jump shot in the year of 2021. That's my prediction. Hey, he shot some threes in the bubble. He shot two threes in the bubble and made one. So, hey, if he shot two threes in the bubble, I think he could at least shoot one in 2021. So, and we'll see. Stay tuned. We'll see. With Daryl Morey in charge, he's going to get everyone shooting threes, or else he'll probably trade you for a point guard or something. That's why I think he's going to trade Ben Simmons for uh, James Harden. That's my guess. I I feel like both teams would not accept that, but let's uh, <laughs> carry on to – um, Obi Toppin, since we didn't mention him, what sure. what do you think his floor would be? I think his floor is somebody like um like a uh, that's a good question. I never actually really thought about that. I would actually say that his floor is somewhere in the range of like a Kyle Kuzma. That's what I, that's what I would that's say. Not a, that's not a floor I would like. That's not a floor I would like. Last year, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Okay, that's way, a better floor. Yeah, that's way, a better floor. The way that you thought, yeah, like Kyle Kuzma. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe one of the Morris twins somewhere in there. That's that's what I would say his floor is. That's fair. Um, his, I say he's more athletic than both of them, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of fair. Yeah, but I would say he's somewhere between the Morris twins because for me, offensively, I love his game. Um, I think he's kind of similar to Jaron Jackson. Uh, not defensively as a player, but in terms of like his rebounding numbers, because that's also kind of concerning. But he tends to float a little bit more outside than usual. Um, but, I mean, he could be a guy like Amari. He could be Amari Sidemeyer. Like, he does show flashes. Um, and that's pretty much who he's been comp to, like, this entire, um, this entire draft process. And he kind of keeps going down for some reason. But I, I honestly like Obi Tobin as a prospect. I hope he... I hope he falls to eleven, like everybody keeps saying uh, that he will. I, I feel like I feel like Obi Toppin is like one of the victims of of scouts not being able to do more work on you, mm-hmm. because now now Obi Toppin is just having more questions about him. One, he played yeah. for Dayton. Two, yeah. he didn't play in a tournament. Yeah. And three, they're just looking at his measurables, and then they're just comparing. Like, look, he played for this smaller college. Um, he was good for this year, but he what about Obi year. Toppin? Yeah, he was great this year, but what about Obi Toppin years before? Yeah. And it's just there's just too many question marks where I feel like would have been solved from pre-draft workouts or from more uh, combine numbers. Yeah. But especially. I think he's just a victim of, of – what were you about to say? I was about to say especially the combine. He desperately needed the combine. Out of everybody, he needed the combine for sure. Yeah, yeah, just to see his measurables. And also, he definitely needed a tournament just so Dayton can play better competition and see how he compares against bigger competition and bigger stakes. So yeah. I think he's just one of the victims of that. So that's why I believe he's falling. But he it could also be another smokescreen with him too. Maybe he's not really falling. Maybe Probably. it's just what, what news reports are saying. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, honestly, when it comes to this draft, honestly, outside of even number one, I don't really know who who goes where um, because you know. I really don't. I really don't either. Yeah, I have no idea. I've heard that uh, Tyrese Halliburton could go could go five to Cleveland, like Halliburton. I'm just like, what? What is going on? You be well, I guess they have a. a <laughs> I guess they have a guard that can actually play defense. So that's true. <laughs> Maybe that's um, what they're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Um, I've heard Patrick Williams hype. Granted, that has been um, steadily rising over the past like month and a half. Um, Patrick Williams has gone from like a bottom 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 twenty five to um, a lottery pick now, and then you have. I think that. it's like the most unpredictable lottery. It you really have is. guys projected five that could be out the lottery. Yeah, it's like you don't really know. Like, it's like it seems like from five to seventeen, it's like all interchangeable. And I'm gonna give you two names. I'm gonna give you two names. Right, a guy like Precious Lachua, who. Mm-hmm. We were I know seeing his a, brother. Yeah, we were seeing a lot of him at the beginning of the year. He was a lottery pick right as the college season uh, died off, and then all of a sudden now he's a bottom of the first round pick. But I know a lot of teams yeah. that like him in the lottery. We we just don't know. We don't know what the influx of talent of what's He's just very raw. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And then another guy, Cole Anthony, who's still getting lottery hype, but a lot and of I teams. And I think are he's overrated. Off. Yeah, you and a I'm, lot of I'm put off on my own too. I'm on the Cole Anthony train. I will say that right here, right now. I'm on the Cole Anthony train. I have so much stock in Cole you're Anthony. On, you're on? I'm on. I'm on the train. Let me ask you why. Um I think that um one, um, I know that this doesn't matter for a lot of people, and honestly it doesn't even matter in the large scheme of things, but Cole Anthony was by far the best player in high school in his class. Like, it wasn't even close. Same with Austin Rivers. Same with Austin Rivers. Um, same with uh, Carlin. Oh, well, that turned out to be true. Um, same with Jabari Parker, even. Cliff Alexander. Remember him? He was really good in high school. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins, another guy. Shabazz Muhammad, another guy. Yep, Shabazz Muhammad. Yeah. Um, OJ Mayo. Brent Jennings. Another guy that was lost in history. Oh no, Brandon Jennings would have been great in the NBA if it wasn't for that Achilles. So. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're on that train too. Um, but I don't know. Cole Anthony, he just reminds me so much of these small six foot three point guards, the Damian Lillards, the Kemba's, the um, you know guys like that who just come in super athletic. Um, Guys who have to carry really garbage teams and put up inefficient stats because they were kind of just thrown out there. And I think well, the that- difference between Cole Anthony and Kemba Walker, and even to an extent, Damian Lillard with uh, his college, is that they've won games. Well, Kemba, I was more referring to his first year in Charlotte. Damian, I was referring to Weaver State. So that's oh, I thought I was talking about college. I'm just okay. talking about. Uh, really good point guards who are thrown into really trash situations, basically. And um, I think Cole would have did. Uh, I think that Cole would have benefited tremendously from going back. And I know that's kind of controversial, considering that next year's draft class is just so much better. And you know, there's a chance that Cole will fall lower. But I just feel like he got screwed over by this North Carolina team that's just so bad um, that asked him to do so much. 
um, so quickly. And they kind of had this same feeling that we did. It's just like, oh, you're this incredible talent. We need you to carry the squad for us. And he just wasn't able to do that. Uh, because in North Carolina, it was way worse than usual. I think that they were coached poorly. Um, and um, that injury really screwed him over. But I feel like he's super athletic. He has the playmaking. He can actually shoot the ball. He's actually underrated as a shooter. And he hustles. And that's one thing that, you know, I, I, I'm addicted to these people who, who try. If you try and you're bad, that's fine with me because you tried. And he tries. And that's one thing that I love about Quinn. He never gives up. He tries. And he's energetic. And he's a presence on the floor. And I think that that matters. So I would take Cole Anthony in the lottery. I will go on record saying that right now. I think he's top 10. I think he has potential to be one of the best, better players in this draft. He's going to fall. I don't know where he's going to fall to, but I'm on the train. I'm on the train. I'll say that right now. I don't care if I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't care. I'm on the train. Um, Cole Anthony would have also benefited from having a combine to at least see what his true height is. Yeah. For some reason, I watch him, and I don't believe he's 6'3". He is shorter than 6'3". Even if he is, uh, he, even if he is, I mean, I see a lot of Kemba. I mean, Kemba's six feet tall, and I think that athletically they're about the same. Not the same crossover skills, but athletically they're about the same. What I see off Cole Anthony is a backup point guard, and that's that's okay. I see him as a mm-hmm. backup uh, spark plug off the bench, but I don't see anything more about Cole Anthony about that. Of that, when given the keys in North Carolina, like you said. Put in a shitty situation, yes. But he just was not inefficient. Like his shot, you're talking about shot selection with LaMelo Ball. His shot selection was terrible for me. For Cole Anthony. And yeah, and, and he's not the facilitator that's kind of, either. That's kind of the problem uh, with me. Sorry to cut you off. But that's kind of the problem with me. No, you good. That I don't remember any year in North Carolina history where a freshman came in and was taking shots like Cole Anthony and he didn't get a talking to or didn't get pulled. And the fact that I never saw that was concerning to me. I'm just like, what are we doing? Why are you just letting Cole Anthony pull up 35 feet from three with a hand in his face and you're not going to say anything to him? That was weird. And then also, he's not good defensively either. And look, like, he yeah, he, like you said, it's he tries but still not good defensively. But um, but like but like you said, uh, he was put in a shitty, shitty situation. But like you said, the shot selection was terrible. They didn't get a talking to in North Carolina. And he just didn't know how to adjust when opposing defenses were focusing on him, were keying on him. I remember watching one game in a tur- in one of the preseason tournaments, and he just looked terrible out there. Like, the defenses were keying in on, on him, and he just didn't know how to react to it. Like, I don't know, Colin Lee always just strikes me as one of these players, like, you know, co- uh, p- former former NBA player's son mm-hmm. um, that kind of got kind of got spoon-fed through high school as, like, look, this guy is Greg Anthony's son. He is the star guy. Let him show his stuff. And that he just did not – he just did not go through a normal route like other high school players would go to. So sometimes he was just – too, I, I would like to use, for lack of a better term, because I don't want to use this term, but coddled. And that he was named as a guy. It's kind of like Austin Rivers. It just reminds me of Austin Rivers all over again. I don't know. For me, the and difference I don't think between him and Austin he's that Rivers, prospect. Yeah, the, the difference between me and Austin Rivers 
granted, I was on the Austin Rivers train too. I would say the major difference is, is that Cole Anthony didn't grow up with a Doc Rivers type persona as a father figure. Like, Austin Rivers was Doc Rivers' kid. Cole Anthony is Cole Anthony to most people. Most people don't even know Greg Anthony. You know what I mean? Most people don't. And I feel like... Outside of basketball circles. Outside of, yeah, outside outside of, of basketball. If you're in basketball circles, you know who Greg Anthony is. So Yeah, but it's like, if I go on YouTube and I search up, um, you know, young basketball kids and I see Austin Rivers, you know, a lot more people are going to know that Austin Rivers is the son of Doc Rivers and Cole Anthony is the son of Greg Anthony, right? Most people are just going to connect those dots. Um, when I'm talking about AAU teams, coaches, they will give him AAU teams, high school coaches. They'll see him as Greg Anthony's son. So we're going to give him the keys. We're going to let him show his stuff. So I feel like, and also because he's Greg Anthony's son, he's going to have a lot more access to camps, a lot more access to showcases to to up to up his high school rankings, to up his star quality. Um but I've I've said this in another podcast. The difference the difference between a four star and a five star is how many camps you went to. So I just feel like it was just that with Cole Anthony. That's actually kind of fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I see some things in Cole Anthony. The thing that I know about Cole Anthony for sure. Oh, this is the last thing I'll say about it. The thing that I know about Cole Anthony and the reason why I'll take him top ten is that I know at least at bare minimum Cole Anthony is going to be in the league for like a while. I, th- I think his floor is Dennis Schroeder. To me, his floor is a guy like Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, okay. Schroeder is fair. That's a backup guard. I don't think he's going to be. Who knows? He could probably be as good a later in his career. It, t- it took Schroeder a while to finally get his game together. Yeah. But I could see that. But like like I said, a backup guard could even be a Lou Williams because I'm not even sure about his point guard skills. So even be a Lou Williams type player as well, just off the bench, which I think Lou Williams is better than Schroeder. So yeah. that that could be good as well. Yeah, but I, but the, I will say, do not be surprised if he turns into a guy like Darren Williams in a, in a few years. Don't be shocked. Oh, uh, Darren! Oh, that's 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 a bold projection. That's a bold I'm projection. Because Darren Williams is better than any point guard that I, that I project to be in this draft. Yeah, I agree. But um, I'm I'm just saying some of these kids' ceiling is pretty ridiculous, and Cole Anthony has that Darren Williams uh, type ceiling to me. To me. <sighs> so there is one player. I want to hear your opinion on. You've been studying more of the prospects than I have, but I'm just looking at the measurables of this guy, and I did watch him a little bit at Vanderbilt. Um, Aaron Naismith. Yeah. He is 6'6", 7-foot wingspan, and arguably the best shooter in this draft. So how do you feel about him? Because just those measurables are, like, wild for someone who is a shooter. Yeah, um... Also, another guy that I was very shocked that not a lot of consistency um, with him. Uh, his biggest thing is more of the shot creating. Um, he took a lot of threes. Uh, I think he took like 100 um, and like 20 threes uh, during the season. Um, but a lot of them were catch and shoot, and a lot of them were uh, not him necessarily creating for himself. Um, but he is by far 
the best shooter in the draft. Like, he is by far. He hit 52% of his threes, which is just absolutely stupid. Crazy. Yeah, it's granted. Only a 14 game sample size, but still crazy. Dude, even in 14 games, 52% from three is like godlike. That's so, that means that you are legitimately making more th- more than half your threes, <laughs> more than half the threes that you're putting up is going to the basket. It's so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, great measurables, 6'10 wingspan, 6'6. Um, He's actually a very, very, very smart defender. Smarter than you think. Um, I have him as a top 10 pick. I'm shocked that he's uh, projected. I'm looking at this. ESPN has him projected as uh, the 11th ranked player to the Spurs. Shout out. Um, This website has him ranked. Seems like a player the Spurs would draft. I think he looks like a guy the Spurs would draft, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we drafted like Sadiq Bay or Patrick Williams, one of those three guys. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I will say this about Aaron Smith. If the Spurs drafted him, I would not be upset. I would actually be thoroughly happy because at least the base of what I know he'll be is Danny Green. Like that's the floor for him to me. I was thinking of, uh, given that size, I was thinking more of a CJ Miles, that size and wingspan. Probably. Yeah. CJ Miles. Yeah, probably. Uh, a guy who can't really create his own shot, but similar wingspan, can play defense, smart guy, work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he goes to a good situation, like if he goes to a Spurs or if he goes to a, even a um, – I actually kind of like him at Boston. Um, I think Boston has like the 13th or 14th pick. I actually think that would be nice for them uh, to get. Um, but if he goes to like a right situation where he has uh, room to grow, where he can actually develop those um, uh, off the dribble moves and um, his shot creating ability and become a better passer because he has that Kawhi Leonard effect a little bit, um, he could be really good. He could be like, he could be like Buddy Heald, honestly. He can be like that type of player. Um, but I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's great. Not a lot of bad things. To yeah, say I think him. he he's definitely. I mean, I'm going to have to do some more work, like work researching on him. But just looking at the measurables alone, and I know I did watch some games. I watched a lot of SEC basketball. So, um, yeah, I know SEC basketball, right? But I watched a lot of SEC basketball. So I did see Aaron Naismith. Um, So, yeah, I do I do like him as a prospect, just from the measurables alone. But I definitely got to um, – Let's watch some more clips on him. Let's watch some more clips. So what about uh, another uh, – what were you about to say? Uh, yeah, I was about to say the only thing when it comes to Aaron Nesmith, uh, which kind of bothers me, is um, I don't really know what his ceiling is. I know his floor. I know his floor is great shooter and um, decent defender. I know that's his floor. But his ceiling, I don't know. I don't know if he can, like, be like a buddy healed. Um, I think that's kind of out, outlandish for a guy like um, Nesmith. But I, I think he could be that good. I just don't know where, where the ceiling is for him. I just have to see that ball handling at the next level. The thing with yeah, and the thing with him having those measurables is that ups his potential for me. Because what if he develops that those ball, ball handling skills? What if he develops uh, his shot creation ability? Then that then he becomes a star with those measurables. So Yeah. I just I just like that for me. Just from just from like a prospect standpoint, how I evaluate prospects, I do like to see the measurables, and those are just very favorable measurables for him. Yeah, I agree. So, also another defensive player um, that 
I want want to hear your opinion of is Devin Vassell. So Devin Vassell is projected uh, number 11 in ESPN top 100 player rankings. So yeah, yeah. Um, Devin is a very um, actually. Um, if you don't mind, I'm gonna uh, combine him and um, Patrick Williams, the the Florida State guys, um, together. If you don't mind. Um, because, oh sure. Yeah, because both of these guys I find very interesting um, for completely. This for all the same reasons because you know um, Devin Vassell is kind of projected as this uh, Matisse Thibel, Trevor Ariza type guy who could potentially be Chris Middleton. <laughs> That's what people are saying about him because he is a he's he, he's literally the most stereotypical three and D prospect I've ever seen in my entire life. Devin Vassell is. Um, I think I think when I see Devin Vassell, I see a guy who literally can't fail fail in the NBA. Um, partly because of his build. I mean, he's six foot seven and six ten wingspan. I mean, he's going to be successful as long as he's decently athletic, which he is. Um, but Florida State also seems like this random churnout um, for NBA for like solid NBA prospects. Like I feel like the past couple lottery guys we've gotten from Florida State um, have actually been good, but they haven't been phenomenal. And I think Devin Vassell is just the next um, up and coming guy of just guy who's just going to be a three and D prospect and nothing more. He's literally going to be um, the guy from the Suns. What's his name? Uh, uh, Mikael Bridges. Thank you very much. He's literally Mikael Bridges. He's the next guy coming up. He's not going to be anything special, uh, but I don't think he's going to be bad. I think he'll be in the league for 14 years. That's what I see for Devin Vassell. He's a guy who's going to shoot 40% from three, but it's going to be like, it's going to be his college stats, 12 points, five rebounds. That's just the kind of guy he's going to be. Very solid rotation man guy. Um, with that being said, though, his teammate, who practically didn't do anything <laughs> off the bench, Patrick Williams, who has literally the exact same measurables as Devin Vassell, is a higher projection than Devin Vassell for all the same reasons because he has all the same things, but... He's a little bit more athletic. He um, he seems to be um, way more talented off the dribble um, than Devin Vassell. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how both of these guys like um, move into the NBA and see what they become. Because they're basically the same player, but because Patrick Williams is a little bit more athletic and he has a little bit more dual vers- versatility than Devin, um, he's projected higher. So it's just kind of interesting. I don't know. I just find both of those guys interesting that they came out the same year and the guy who literally came off the bench is projected to go higher uh than the guy who started and the um, guy who's gonna be good in the nba he's just gonna be good i don't know if you remember marvin williams and marvin williams is a number two pick True. in 2005 draft i believe in yep. he was the sixth man for that championship winning north carolina team he wasn't even a starter he was a number two pick yeah because it's all about and i didn't that, like right? that pick originally yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's all about potential. Yeah, I mean, and this he, yeah, Patrick Williams is literally the guy that um, he he is the guy that the the um, I'm trying to think who uh, he's a guy the Heat are gonna take like a guy a, a guy that um, Toronto takes or the Spurs, the Celtics, the Nuggets, you know, teams that that just draft well. 
take guys like Patrick Williams and just because they know that these guys aren't going to be good, you got to give them a year, maybe even two, hell, maybe even three in order to kind of get things figured out. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of like Patrick Williams at two. Kind of. I'm just going to throw that out there. For at two? I kind of like Patrick Williams at two. So what is your ceiling for Patrick Williams? People are going to find this really outrageous, and I kind of don't want to say it out loud. Go, say it. Say it. This, is all, this show is all about hot takes. Say it. He reminds me a ton. And this is, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get so much shit for this. He reminds me a ton of Kawhi. I don't know why. Um, he just reminds me of Kawhi Leonard. I think. What do you? I mean, what what was Kawhi in college? Kawhi was just a defensive player who played bigger than his size in college. He wasn't projected to be anything too special. No, he was literally Draymond Green in college, except without the passing. Stuff. Yeah, he was literally Draymond. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's not the same for Patrick Williams. He didn't play. Uh, uh, Kawhi played a lot more post. Um, he actually played a lot of post in uh, at San Diego State. But Patrick Williams played a lot, a lot more of the wing, and um, he does a lot more off the dribble stuff than Kawhi does. But it's all the same stuff. It's like a lot of raw talent, a lot of things that I like. That's there. It's like he shot thirty two percent, shot it decent from the free throw line, which lets me know like he could shoot in the high thirties. He's pretty solid defensively. Um, uh, has a lot of turnovers, but I feel like that could go down. He just reminds me a lot of Kawhi. I don't know why. I don't think he'll be as good as Kawhi ever um, because I just think athletically he's just not at that tier. And uh, defensively, you know, he's just not not at that level. But he he's he just reminds me of a guy who will be a lot better than a lot of people think. Would, do you think Patrick Williams would have benefited from having an NCAA tournament or he's benefiting from not having it so we don't have as much film on him as we would like? That's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. Because on one hand... Because you have been the Tyrus Thomas? Because Tyrus Thomas got drafted number two because of the yeah, tournament. Yeah. Or Jordan Bell, his stock rose because of the tournament. Or, or, or is he benefiting just because he hasn't played in that tournament? So we're just thinking of the player he could possibly be. Um, I think he's benefiting. You know, this is going to sound weird. I think, um, I think it could go either way. Because on one hand, um, he might not be benefiting because of the tournament. Because who knows? Maybe he goes off in that tournament, right? Because of all the things that we're saying yeah. and all the things that we like about it. And who knows, maybe he's even a starter by the time we get down to the tournament. And, uh, you know, he's a projected top five pick. Who knows? Um, but at the same time, you know, yeah, he definitely could. Because now all we're talking about with Patrick Williams is all the stuff that we heard from his early ACC camps and a lot of his early um, time at Florida State when he said all he wants to do is get better defensively. He doesn't even care about his all the offensive stuff. Um, and we're hearing all about his character and all of those things. So on one hand, it's like, yeah, we could be benefiting from not seeing him play because who knows, maybe he's trash. So I think it's a combination of both, to be honest with you. No, fair enough. Fair enough on that. Is there any other prospects you would want to uh, bring mention to? Um, there's two specifically. Um, one is a guy that we've mentioned several times, but never really kind of gone a little bit more deep into. It's um, it's a uh, Tyrese. You know, I'm I'm really huge on Halliburton. I'm huge on Halliburton. Yeah. I'm even more huge ever since um, 
ever since we've been on hiatus for a month. Um, he he just shows me so many things that I absolutely love. He reminds me a lot of Andre Miller. Um, and Andre Miller. Oh, that's a name right there. That's a throwback, right? Um, yep. And he plays things like he plays literally the same as Andre Miller. Like the shot is the same, <laughs> the playmaking is the same. Um, he he probably can go a lot more off ball than Andre can um, because he's just he's a better shooter than Andre. But um, he just does a lot of things that I love, and he can also be an off ball guy. He can be an on ball guy, which you need that versatility with your wings. I think he is just a guy who's going to be in the league for 15 years. I don't necessarily think he'll be a superstar, but I know he'll be a glue guy, and he'll probably play for a championship team because that's just the way he's glued. Um, I love Tyrese Halliburton. Top five pick, should be. And um, the final guy is actually a guy that we can both talk about because we haven't really talked about him um, that much, and that's um, Isaac Coro because I know you're big on Isaac Coro. Yes. And... Um, we touched on him a little bit, but not too much. And um, I'm really interested. Uh, this is the only thing I want to ask about Isaac Coro since we did touch on him a little bit. Um, I don't know the ceiling for him, and I don't think anybody really does. What do you think that the ceiling is for him? Because if he does figure out that jump shot, we are talking about a serious, like, destructive two-way player who is just superbly athletic super defensive and now he has a jump shot i mean what who is who does he come and look i watch i watch i watch isaac okoro grow up like since i believe he was like in middle school i watched him grow up so i know he has work ethic like i probably have like a little bit more inside trading with isaac okoro than other people but he has the work ethic Mm -hmm. i've seen it firsthand and like what you said with patrick williams i probably will get some hate for this too but I see his I see his uh ceiling being Jimmy Butler. I mean his yeah, his ceiling being a Jimmy Butler. He has the same build, similar build, 6'6, 225, has same type of work ethic. Jimmy Butler came out as a similar type of player as Isaac Okoro. If he develops that jump shot, he already has shown he already has shown his ability to be a playmaker. Like despite not having a jump shot, this uh Isaac Okoro can't handle the ball and he shows the ability to 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 make others better with his passing. So I could definitely see him if he goes to his ultimate highest potential. Even Jimmy Butler doesn't doesn't have a jump shot, but if he just all of a sudden develops like becomes a shot creator like Jimmy Butler or something, I can see that I can see that happening. Like he has the same exact build, so I can see that happening. Yeah, um I actually just it's funny that you say Jimmy Butler because I just pulled up a stat. Very similar stats. Isaac Caporo is a worse shooter than Jimmy coming out of college, but um, very similar stats. And I actually kind of agree with you. He could be a Jimmy Butler type. I actually kind of like that comment. I'm going to have to use that. I'm trying to think what I call I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I call you're, I'm glad you're coming along. I think I called him Gerald Wallace. Gerald, 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 oh, Gerald Wallace is a perfect comparison. I actually was start thinking about that before, too. Yeah, I like Gerald Wallace as well. Gerald Wallace, Jimmy Butler, see him becoming like similar players like that. Yeah. yeah. Even though, um, I won't say around our test because he's probably not going to be as the personality is not the same to be around our test. But no, yeah. well, I guess personality is not the same to be a Jimmy Butler, but I can see him being a Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I, I actually really like that comp. And, um, I will say this. He is sixth on my board. 
which means that if he is six, I think that's the Hawks at six. If the Hawks get him at six, I mean, I the, that's a that's a great pick for them. I love that pick for them. That is, and he, he stays he stays back home. That is, yeah, he stays back home, and on top of that, he gives the Atlanta Hawks the number one thing that they need, and that is helping Trey Young play defense. <laughs> that is a whole exactly. Thing. You know what? This is the pick. If the Warriors keep their pick, honestly, this is the pick they need is to draft Isaac Okoro. It's just the thing is drafting him number two might be considered too high, but it could be the Russell Westbrook thing. How the OKC Thunder drafted Russell Westbrook number five when everybody thought that was a reach, but they knew that's what they needed. The Warriors need a player like Isaac Okoro. He's just like Andre Iguodala. That is what they're missing. He's a younger Andre Iguodala for that team. Kind Which is also never a similar comparison. So, like, that's a player they can use off the bench to give them that defense that can guard guard uh, fours and can guard threes and twos. I'll take James. I'm still taking the Wiseman. Sorry. I would love to, but I'm still taking the Wiseman. I hear you. I'm here. I hear you for Charlotte. Charlotte at three. Oh, Charlotte! Def- oh, Charlotte can use <laughs> use that as well, defense as well. But Charlotte just needs someone that can put points Charlotte on the needs, scoreboard. Charlotte just needs the best player on the board at that point. To be honest, I think I think Charlotte, if they draft Isaac Okoro, who duplicate Miles Bridges a little bit too much. Yeah, he where needs. if you won't have both of them on the floor, you can't have both of them on the floor. No, that would be hard. <laughs> that would be really that'd be really tough. That'd be a really tough thing to do. Man, that's like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I, I did a little mock by myself. Right. And I was just seeing like, okay, who do I think is going to go where, who, like, who do I like for these teams? And every, every single, I've done four mocks up until this point. A coral goes to Cleveland or the Hawks every single time. I just don't see him going in the top three. Uh, but that's not due to how bad he is. It's just, um, what everybody's saying and um, you know the fit for the team, but I'm not gonna lie. If he go, if he ends up in Cleveland or the Hawks, I feel like those those are the two best scenarios for him. I would know. I know someone that would hate for him to go to Cleveland. If he goes <laughs> I would to know Cleveland, I think I think it's actually a good thing that he goes to Cleveland because in Cleveland he's never gonna be asked to do anything. Oh, the, oh, the team, yeah, the location, no, <laughs> the team, oh, but not the no, location. That'd be, that'd be tragic. But uh, <laughs> that'd be super tragic. But if he does go to Cleveland, I mean, you're talking about a guy who literally doesn't have to touch the ball offensively and can just work on his defensive stuff and can kind of grow into whatever he's going to grow into. Now, granted, he'll develop a lot of bad habits in Cleveland, but if he goes to Atlanta, it's the same thing. He doesn't have to do anything offensively. He can kind of come along slowly. I think those are two really good spots for him, and I think he's in a good um, I think he's in a good spot, honestly. I don't want the high pricing portal to get higher. I don't want it to get lower. I think he's in a good spot, um, and I think he's going to land in a good place regardless. Yeah, I, I think he's one of the few guys in this draft where where you can say he's a glue guy. Honestly, I think we come to terms in this podcast that you just don't want to draft in the top three. No. Drafting in the top three is where you don't want to be. So teams are trying to trade out of it, and not a lot of teams want to get into it. Low-key, don't want to draft in the top four, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't want to draft in the top four. If I hear the names... Um, Edwards Ball or Wiseman or Okongu anywhere near my my picks, I, I would probably want to trade up. That'd be a very I'd say a Vija. I like a Vija at number four, so 
That's why I said top three. I like a feature at number one. That's just me. That's just me. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Overall, you know what? I feel like we are. I feel like we're almost guaranteed at this point to find to find us. There's going to be a shock. I remember remember way back when when Anthony Bennett got drafted number one, and we were all surprised. I feel like we're probably going to have this similar yeah. type of shock too, actually, where a player like Avijo we're not going to expect to get drafted number one. Oh no, yeah. Um, I actually agree with you. I actually think that this is, is going to be exactly like the 2013 draft, where the 2013 draft going into it, um, a lot of us didn't like it. You know, we kind of felt similar to how we feel about these prospects. I think we would feel exactly about this draft as we did about 2013 if we had an NCAA tournament. I think we'd feel the exact same way where, you know, a lot of talent, um, a lot of guys who could turn into superstars, but we don't know if they can. Where I'm not going to go as far as to say this is the worst draft in history because I think that there is too much talent here for it to be bad. And I think that there's too many role guys in this draft. But um, I think this is the exact same thing where we're going to see bad picks and we're going to see really good picks. And I'm pretty sure... I would not be surprised, and I'm just going to throw this out there because I have heard this to be a theory. Don't be surprised if Obi Toppin gets picked number one overall. Do not be shocked. Just just like Anthony Bennett all over again. Athletic, undersized, big, gets picked number one. Yep, and he goes to play with Carl Anthony Towns because that makes sense. I mean, I've heard Wiseman number one. I've heard Okongu one. I've heard um, the weirdest one I've heard so far. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to laugh at this. Um, the weirdest one I've heard was actually Aaron Nate, uh, Nesmith, number one. From where? Uh, I want to say that was like, um, I, I want to say that was a Bleacher Report. I'm going to, I'll look on Bleacher Report real quick. So, sounds very Bleacher Report-ish. I mean, you know how Bleacher Report is. Bleacher Report released a draft and then it's like, yeah, Kira Lewis is the number one overall pick or whatever. Um, yeah, there. There's no consensus, but that's actually kind of part of why I like this draft, that the fact that there's no consensus, and we all get to kind of put our little five cents in on who we think is the best, I and mean, now we get to see, you know, who did the best job of scouting these guys. When we say scouting, I mean watching YouTube videos about these guys. <laughs> <sighs> well... We are definitely going to be talking more about the NBA draft. The NBA draft is November 18th. So next week in our podcast, we're going to be talking more about that. I'll come up with my mock draft as well. Yes. I don't know if I should do all 30. I don't know if I should do all 30. But, but let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Definitely going to, definitely going to come up with the lottery. What about you, JC? Will you do all 30? Um, full disclosure, I am 45 deep right now. Full disclosure. You know what? I gotta match you then. So I'm gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do all thirty. We're gonna do all thirty. Oh, you wanna do all thirty on the pod? Yeah, let's do all All right, let's do it. Uh that's gonna be time that's gonna be very time consuming. We're probably just gonna have to talk about I mean we could do no, this. We gotta do yeah, yeah. No, we could do thirty. We could spend like two minutes on the top like uh fourteen guys and then just a minute explaining why we picked the next guys uh, all the way down to thirty and just do it one time. And then we'll do the lottery if we would decide to do another mock draft before the draft and then call it a day. 
Okay, sounds good. Well, sounds like a plan. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Sports Edition, estimated November 23. Both of our birthdays are coming up soon, so if you have some donations, you know, that would be always appreciated. So, uh, yes, you know, yeah. Please no, throw, throw a couple couple hundreds to our cash apps, you know. <laughs> I, I I think we will would we would really love that. We would really love that. I'll I'll tell you that 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 much. We so uh yeah. please. But uh thank you for listening. All jokes aside, thank you for listening. This is the sports edition and we are out. Peace. And the mellow sucks.